0: today. So we are continuing with our amazing book Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek and we're moving on today to chapter 18. I can't believe how fast we're getting through this book but uh, each time I read a chapter I'm like oh yeah that makes so much sense. So uh, we are moving into part six which is called Destructive Abundance and uh, this is all about company culture today so a company's culture is obviously going to affect the outcome of the business or so you would think or maybe a culture can uh, exist for a effect of that culture is is felt by the business um in uh um the u.s a famous finance company, Golden Sachs, in uh, its history, and uh, it was around for a long time. Uh, it had an attitude of long-term greedy, which when I read that, I thought, oh, that's not a very nice attitude. But in fact, what they meant was they were, weren't in it for the short-term thrust for the the kill at no cost they were really in it for what was the best for the client for the company and they they basically build a reputation of being a strong caring company. they were even nicknamed the um, Boy Scouts they, they include they they made sure that they had a partnership ship attitudes, so they worked with people rather than against them. And it was considered to be a gold standard on Wall Street. And the selection to go to this company was not made necessarily on academic excellence, although they wanted uh, bright people, but they interviewed people, and they wanted to know whether they would culturally fit, like were they going to be able to keep the standard of um, working together. Now, had that attitude continued, maybe Golden, uh, Goldman Sachs would not have the reputation it has today for a cutthroat business that nobody actually wants to have any dealings with but has no choice. In the 1990s, many laws were changed regarding finance in the US, and in 1999, the company went public. And it was at this point that things started to change. They became bold and reckless. They started to interview people um, to join the company based on their uh, academic prowess and also based on their ability to get what they wanted. But unfortunately, get a room with a lot of people uh, you can imagine from the films we see on the TV that uh, nobody's really thinking about anybody else in the room. They're just thinking about themselves. It's a culture high on dopamine and it became all about me. If I can get wealth, then that's what I want. If I can get wealth at the cost of the company, who cares? and so it was all centered around and continues at the moment to be centered around the individual and what they wanted by 2010 that amazing boy scout reputation had turned into something more of are uh, these people crooks so they um unfortunately like goldman's is a big example because they're a big company but it was happening everywhere um not just at goldman's it was happening in many companies and i i was recalled of a a thing that happened to me in fact because when i went when i applied for university in 1976 oh seems a long time ago now But when I applied for university in 1976, I applied to the number one pharmacy school in the country. And this pharmacy school made sure it interviewed every single potential student. And when you received an offer from this university, you usually got an offer which was something like two E's. Now, in most universities, you were required to have three A-levels. And for pharmacy, you are often required to have three B's or two A's and a B. But what Nottingham University did was they selected their students in the same way that Goldman used to select their employees. They wanted students that would fit with the culture. A culture that worked together to be innovative and creative, and so I was very lucky. Uh, I would have had the three Bs, but by the skin of my teeth. But I got in on two Es, and uh, eventually went on to do a PhD. So I guess they had some sense behind their selection. A few years after I left, they were they were not permitted. To continue that standard the government imposed on all universities that they had to um, uh, um, reward students who succeeded at a level and you know I'm I, I know that they gave me a great opportunity and I believe that that's a very short-sighted um, way to approach things so the cultures began to change when you know when we belong to something we might say I'm Canadian or maybe I'm a marine or I'm a Tupperware consultant Um, and you know sometimes companies even don't talk about being oh I work for they say I'm a West Jetter. so the culture is very important and we all know that um, if we get if we're given a t-shirt by a company that. We don't really like them much. We wear it in bed, right? Or we wear it around the house or we basically keep it hidden. But if you're in a culture where you're proud out loud, then you're going to wear your, your t-shirt in public. We all wear Tupperware t-shirts in public, right? And in fact, we can't get enough of them. We get jackets and hats and you know, we all feel like we belong. So, um, A famous philosopher Goethe said, you can easily judge the character of a man by how he treats those who can do nothing for him. And I was reminded so much of Maria when I read this, because sure, everybody will say to you, well, it's okay for Maria, she's at the top of the organization. Everything everybody does is gonna help Maria in her business true but what they don't know is all all the people she helps who are not in her business Um, all the people she encourages us to let in to our business so they can see what we're doing she wants success to be shared Um, and um, i was particularly reminded of that because uh, yesterday evening I had a request from Naomi Hartung, who is one of the business leaders out in the West, to join my VIP group. So, you know, if I had been i I'm not wanting to share anything, I would have said, no way, she's not coming into my group. But, you know, I am adopting Maria's attitude that we are here to help and share everything that we had so everyone can have success. Um, more success breeds more success so in a company a company that treats their people well will uh, be alive on oxytocin and serotonin they're not in a dopamine driven um, uh, environment Uh, but people who work in a company are not safe they describe companies as ruthless in it for themselves. No trust, no mutual respect, no accountability. And it's a cortisol rich environment. It runs on stress. It runs on people getting stomach ulcers. Um, It really is an an environment that uh, people do not want to uh, work in. But the behavior of humans is significantly influenced by the environment that they are in. And that works for good and bad. So if you think about the US and the gun culture, because it's allowed, because it's encouraged, it continues, it grows. If you think about Nazi Germany, how people just went along with what was happening because that was the culture. In 2008, gunmen hit a Mumbai, Hit um, Mumbai in India with a terrorist attack, and a lot of people were killed. Um, And it attacked these these gunmen attacked various areas. One of which was the Taj Mahal Hotel. Now, this hotel had been built up on a reputation of caring for their customer, uh, looking after their clients when they did their selection process. Uh, they didn't go to the first tier um, schools to recruit, they went to the second tier of schools because what they wanted was they wanted people who could work together, people who weren't in it for themselves, um, who would would work with the company philosophy. So when these gunmen hit Taj Mahal Motel, they, the employees did not run off and protect themselves they actually stayed. People ran back into the building to uh, telephone operators to call clients to say, get out or take cover or whatever it was they were saying. Um, And um, they managed to save a lot of lives. But in the 31 people that were killed from the Taj Mahal Hotel, half of them were employees. They were there to serve their customer and they did that to the end. Other companies that that maybe have a bad reputation are companies like Citigroup. In Citigroup, they they had open confrontation in meetings. They had bosses that undermined their their employees so that they would look good. Um, it was every man for himself, and it was an environment that was super stressful and not an environment that people wanted to work with in. And they had huge financial losses and they were bailed out by the government. They laid off about 50% of their staff. You would think maybe they had learned their lesson, but no, when they restarted, they kept the same culture going to a bigger degree because now they had the threat of layoff every time anybody made a mistake. What I don't want you to go away with is the feeling that every company out there is bad. It's not. We have a great example uh, of a company that is really good that encourages culture. Apart from our own business uh, with uh, our leader, but 3M is a company that we all know the name of. Did you know that every day we pro- uh, every day approximately Each person is gonna come across up to 60 3M products without even knowing it. 3M work in an environment of um, cooperation, of support, of um, accepting failure. In fact, you know the post-its that we have? That came out of a failed experiment. The experiment was uh, led by somebody who was trying to to produce a really strong adhesive. He ended up producing the weakest adhesive you could imagine. Well, now you can know what it is, um, but, um, and it was shelved. The project was shelved, but it wasn't written as a failure. It was written as an opportunity. And what do you know, a few years later, somebody was trying to think of a way that they could attach um a note to a sheet of music paper he remembered this failed super adhesive and they re-bought it back and that is how post-its were born so when you're in a culture like that of course you're going to want to share ideas you're going to be able to use other people's projects to develop your own it is an hour's mentality rather than a mine mentality. People and their ideas are valued and it's a collaborative environment. So um, 3M currently have over 20,000 patents from ideas that have been introduced and maybe not Um, all of them developed and they continue to grow Uh, they succeeded because they have a cultural a corporate culture that encourages and rewards ideas and rewards the idea of people helping each other so when you can work in a circle of safety people perform above and beyond When you can work in a circle of safety, creativity happens. And when you work in a circle of safety, innovation, both in relationships and in products is the result. But to tell you a little bit more about the actual process and things involved, I'm going to pass you over to Marie-Pierre.
1: Thank you, Melanie! So yes, just before I start, I want to make sure that everyone shared the podcast this morning. So if you haven't shared, that's the time to do it. And if you already share, thank you for sharing every morning, because it's with your help that we can always grow our community that always level up. And we have that vision of building a thousand millionaire. And it's with your help every morning when you share that we can achieve that. So yes, just like Melanie told us about, there's positive work culture and this negative work culture but what is really the positive work culture so simply put a positive work culture is one that prioritizes the well-being of employee, offers support at all levels within the organization and has policy in place that encourage respect trust empathy and support so in a study they found that a positive work culture contains six elements so number one it's treating Colleagues as friends, caring for them and being interested in their well-being. Number two is supporting colleagues and offering compassion and kindness in times of need. Number three is forgiving mistakes and not assigning blame. Number four is working to inspire each other. Number five, finding and emphasizing meaningful aspects of the work And number six is prioritizing trust, respect, gratitude, and integrity. So all positive work culture will always contain those six elements. And they will bring a lot of benefit for your work. So there's a multitude of study that will demonstrate that a positive work culture directly lead to a better health for employee reduce the turnover increase loyalty and promote better job performance so if you really want to know exactly what it are the benefits of a po- positive work culture there's a, a four that we want to know a little bit more about so number one benefit is improve employee health so there's a lot of study that have shown that. Positive social connection at work are crucial for the health of employee. When a person experiences a positive social connection within their workplace, they tend to have fewer illnesses, quicker recovery from injury, and are less likely to experience depression, better cognitive function, and overall, a better job performance. The number two benefit of a positive work culture is the reduced turnover. So again, there's a lot of research done of that, uh, under that, and they say that, yes, there's a really importance of the empathy of, in the workplace. So evidence suggests that compassion in the workplace workplace calls up um, positive emotion, example, gratitude, and it will reduce anxiety and will increase a, a sufferer's attachment and commitment to the organization. So by constantly demonstrating empathy, Leaders are able to reduce the turnover and facilitate employee commitment. Number three, benefit of a positive work culture. It will increase loyalty and reduce negative behavior. Again, a lot of research on leadership showed that when leaders go out of their way to help, especially when they don't have to, their employee will respond by becoming more dedicated, loyal, and self-sacrificing themselves. A manager who is willing to go above and beyond can create a strong dynamic with their team, produce better results for the organization's goal, and improve the well-being of the people they lead. And not only does this behavior will increase loyalty, but will, the studies show that it increase positive behavior in employees, such as picking up shifts to help a teammate will seeking increased responsibility and taking extra care to represent the company in a positive manner. And number four, benefit of a positive workplace, it's better performance outcome. So the inconsistency of an organizational condition will show that when employees trust their leader and feel that their job is secure, they are more likely to experiment and cultivate innovation. So when an employee feels that they will be penalized for failing or even asking for help they are going to rigidly stick to the prescribed behavior, even if those behaviors are out of date and not in the right fit for the project or inefficient. So compare with the people at the low trust company, people at high trust companies will report that 74% less stress, 106% more energy at work, 50% higher productivity, 13% fewer sick days. more engagement, uh, uh, 29% more satisfaction with their lives and 40% less burnout. So I think everyone can say yes we want a positive culture workplace but yes there's still some toxic work culture so we want to know exactly what it is, so we can <laughs> avoid it at all costs. <laughs> so a toxic work culture is one that will contain a dis- dysfunctional behavior, drama, infighting, poor communication, power struggle, and low morale. So it also does not prioritize employee well-being through action and policies. So this can be present in our organization in a numbers of ways with each toxic workplace having its own set of unique problems, but there are some common issues that the uh, toxic workplace may experience. So there's five that a lot of them will uh, be in the um, common issue. So number one is low moral. So this isn't the Monday morning blues, but rather a chronic company wide lack of enthusiasm. So studies show that negativity is uh, contagious and that a negative environment can cause high performance to leave the organization at a rate 13 times higher than other employee. Number two, it's lack of clarity. So toxic workplace can dem- demonstrate a lack of clarity regarding the roles, the responsibility, the chain of command and hierarchy. So this might be because of poor communication, power struggle or dysfunctional management. So the end result is a workforce that doesn't know what they are supposed to be doing how to do it and who to turn to for help. Number three is interpersonal drama. So gossip, clicks, passive aggression, and workplace bullying all fall under the drama umbrella. So this certainly isn't limited to the non-leadership employee either, as power struggle between higher level management and their respective supporter can be the cause of interdepartmental drama in many toxic organizations. I think we can all have some idea of places that yes, <laughs> I saw your faces on Zoom, I can see that yes is something that you know. <laughs> Number four, it's fear of failure. So. Uh, as we talked the, uh, um, about before in the section of covering creating a culture of trust and safety, a fearful employee have worse health outcome and will have poor job performance compared to employees who feel secure. And a workplace is t- toxic when an employee believes or know that they will be penalized for failure. And number five in the opposite of in the positive is a high employee turnover and who can blame them a toxic work environment is bad for an employee health and in 2019 they commissioned a report on toxic workplace that showed that one in five people are left their job in the previous five years due to poor workplace culture so it's really something that show in one in five people it's really (laughs) <laughs> I think it, I didn't think it was so much people that uh, um have in their life and uh, um, experience a poor workplace culture. So yes, now that we understand the workplace culture, tomorrow we will cover for the leader, because just like Milani told a little bit before, it's not just the workplace culture, but it can be the leader culture that can be uh, really uh, bad or really good. <laughs> I think, Milani, you want to add something?
0: No, I was just, I mean, I, I'm looking at these and, you know, whenever we do the uh, comparison between good and bad, you look at them and say, well, that's really obvious. Why don't people change? But unfortunately, people get very much into what's in it for me. And so that becomes the, uh, the driving force. And they're so worried about protecting their own environment, their own privileges, that they're unable to look at the bigger picture. And uh, being able to look at the bigger picture Uh, makes a huge difference into uh, everything we do in our lives whether it's in a company, in our business, in a school, um, parent-teacher committee all of those things are governed by how people work together and uh, for me that is really what this whole thing is about.
1: Thank you, Melanie. So, yes, uh, it's really something that we want to know more about. So tomorrow, be there because, yes, it's uh, the second part. It's the leadership lesson number two. So that was the number one. (laughs) Tomorrow is going to be the number two. So now that we understand that, yes, it can be a workplace culture. But as a leader, you can create your own culture within your team. So it's, you are not affected by the workplace culture if you are now in a toxic place, but you don't, uh, you can't afford to uh, just quit today. Now you can create your own uh, workplace culture within your team. So have a great day and we will see you tomorrow. Bye everyone.